filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness. Dan O'Brien is back from Nantucket and Cindy Harrington is here. I'll explain it all later, but it's literally 10 o'clock. We had a short but sweet, and I mean totally sweet, episode of Game of Thrones tonight. It's Wine, Wall, and Dragons, Filibuster Freestyle, Dan O'Brien. More importantly than the show, how the heck was vacation? Oh, it was lovely. It was fantastic. We were on uh, Nantucket time, uh, so I had a lovely time, and I really planned on uh, doing the pod last week and maybe having a couple cocktails beforehand, so it might be looser than normal. And then I just assumed that everybody in the world has HBO. So the first day I was there, I didn't even check. And then when I turned it on on Sunday afternoon, I realized it's a rental property. They don't. They don't. No premium cable. No, not at all. Not at all. What was I thinking? Unbelievable. Well, they wanted to thank Cindy for, for, for pitching in last week. He did a great job. Me and the whole family listened to the episode on the way home. Oh, right. Down the King's Road of I ninety five. Yeah, my son was in the back seat, and he heard you guys say my name, and he was—he heard my name on the radio, and he now thinks I'm famous. This is fantastic. I, That's pretty cool. Yeah, not, not uh, dissuade him from that thought. No, you're, and just, to, just in case he listens to this episode, your, your dad is famous, Brady, and now you are too. Boom. Exactly. Cindy, good job last week, and not, <laughs> since you're in Boston and I'm in Boston, we're, we're going to do a three-person pod. I like it. And uh, guys. deserves it. It's this one. Yeah, guys, what an episode. Um, let's just start with the, with the end, because, and I mean like the last scene, because there was a huge dragon scene with Dothraki and Westerosi, and the Tarleys were involved, and Bronn was involved, and Jamie was involved, and Tyrion was even there, and of course Danny and Valerian were there. Um, as, soon, as soon as Jon Snow told Theon, and we'll get to that later, that the queen is gone, uh, I had a feeling that when they, when they cut... <laughs> When they cut to Jamie, it was not going to be a good day for Jamie at the office. And uh, holy crap, was I wrong on how bad of a day it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fitting that we do start at the end because I don't think you or I have ever gone chronologically through an episode. We bounce around all over the place. Uh, but I, I actually wrote down a quote that they started that scene with Jamie and Braun and, and Dickon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I like that Braun was like, your name's Dickon, we're going to laugh at that, break the fourth yeah. wall for the fans once again. <laughs> exactly, that was a great, that was fantastic. But they basically started on the scene and be like, boy, our armies are so tired and uh, it would really stink to be attacked right now because we're so weak and we've been fighting and we are, we couldn't really do anything if, if anybody attacked us now. So you knew it was coming, they really... You know, yeah, it it, once we started kind of hearing the thundering herd of the Dothraki, and I think maybe Doug or Cindy pointed out, like, oh, man, the Dothraki are coming. And I thought the dragons were coming because Jon Snow said the queen is gone. And then I basically was putting it together that both were coming, and I wrote Dothraki plus dragons equals certain death. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, you would think so, but I, I also was thinking that truly it's been seven seasons. It's been seven seasons now. And I've seen the Dothraki fight each other at yes. their own wedding. I've seen them fight like herds people, but I've heard about these fearsome warriors for seven years, and I've never really seen them fight anybody or yeah. anything. So it was nice to see them finally in the mix after seven seasons of talking about how great of fighters they are. And they were fun. It was interesting. It was great. They did, they did a solid job. They, I enjoyed myself. 
I will also say, and I turn to my to my bride, who is also the Southern Charm correspondent, who is the new the new member to Game of Thrones. Oh, is she in now? Dara has watched two of the first three episodes in season seven, so she is all in. Okay. Totally. So every episode is spent by me being like, oh, so Bronn's backstory is that he was, and you know, giving <laughs> who's Littlefinger again? That, that Yeah, of course. Yeah, but we all, we both turned each other and thought, this set piece, it was like a 12 minute battle. It must have, that must have cost a ton of money. It must have taken a week to film that. Yeah, I mean, the reason that I would think that, that um, the episode was only 50 minutes long tonight was because they spent like, 25 minutes worth of CGI in that 12-minute battle scene. So, Yeah. Oh, and I, I, when it ended at 10 or 9.52, I wanted to think – I started to initially think that, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm being shortchanged. But and I remembered looking at the clock at 9.44 and being like, I can't believe there's only been 44 minutes left in this, in this episode so far. Like it was action-packed. There were some things that happened episode. That would have taken two full seasons last year. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. All right, Cindy, so what did you make of the line um, when one of the Dothraki said to Tyrion, your people can't fight? I thought that was a little bit of insult to injury. <laughs> Definitely. I, th- I think you felt for Tyrion because he was standing on that overlook being like, well, these were once my people, and now we're standing here and defeating them. And I think he literally was between a rock and a hard place, but – Obviously has to go along with Danny. Yeah, at this point. Because um, she's burning people. She's just burning them right down. Um, but yeah, no, that was... Again, I think they are inserting little areas of comic relief. Uh, yeah. Because your people can't fight might be the hashtag of the night. Because uh, they, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they were wary. They were worse for wear. And they were already in the middle of a, like a slave train back to King's Landing as fast as possible. They were going to start flogging them. Like flogging stragglers. The fake band name of the week, as Mr. Tarley said. All right, let's just cut to the, cut to the chase. Um, the, the dragon stuff I want to get to in a minute. I thought Danny did a great job with the dragon at the overall. I thought we got to – what really stinks for Team Cersei is not only did the portable crossbow of death get used, it was not effective in killing a dragon, at least not in a single blow. It was destroyed. Now, maybe they're making more. Sure, that's fine. And um, Dan, do you think, think Jamie just drowned or is he coming back? coming back you don't kill jamie by you don't kill jamie doesn't die off camera that doesn't happen jamie's dying on camera 100 percent. the one thing i was questioning was and i truly don't know and i feel like in the next 24 hours we'll get hashed out but these are immediate takes after the yeah episode. it's literally 1007 yeah what was when Tyrion was watching jamie and was he uh, imploring him to pick up the spear and charge. No, no, no. He was saying, "Don't do it, you stupid effer." You know, flee. He was like, "You got to flee." He basically was like, "You're my brother. I don't want to see you get burned alive today." Perfect. All right, good. That makes sense. That yeah, makes, yeah, that no. Sense. That definitely was the case there. But um, is who saved Jamie? Was it Bron or Dickon? That's a good question. You thought Dickon, I think, off the bat, though, right? I thought it was Braun. Actually, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Braun obviously I think was in the vicinity. Doug said it was Dickon. Uh, it certainly was either Dickon, who's not like Jamie's new best friend, or it was Braun who continues to just save Jamie's behind. I'm just gonna say, as, as a swimmer, an avid swimmer, uh, it's gonna be hard to get back to the surface with all that armor on. It's a lot of armor. Yeah, I and mean, a metal I hand. I can't get to the surface with a t-shirt on. So <laughs> I can't. Right. Which is just yeah. sad, but it's true, and so. 
My one thing was because he was sinking pretty fast for a guy who was going to – and I know – I don't. I think next week – and actually this happened to Tyrion a couple years ago when uh, Jorah Mormont pulled him out of the Valerian Doom Sea when they got attacked by the Stonemen, which I believe an episode or a season ended with Tyrion being pulled down and then Bron, uh, Jorah fished him out. But it was the next week. You had to like wait all week to know if Tyrion died or not. Now – Jamie looked a little bit worse for wear and that he was not flailing to get back to the surface yet. He was still sinking. Um, but I do think that they're going to have to redress that next week, even if he does end up drowning, because to your point, Dan, he cannot die off camera. That's just not going to happen. My lead pipe lock of the week is that uh, Jamie is going to be alive getting a next episode. Okay. And you don't think he's going to drown in that pool of water? He will not drown to death. Okay, so no, one, no one dies off camera on this show. Like, it, that, right? Except for Stannis that one time, which was stupid. Oh, right, right. That was so off script when, when Brienne killed Stannis, but they didn't show it. Stannis is the only one. But it was kind of, I accepted it. I, I did it. too. It was, it was a big episode, and that was the episode when Jon Snow almost died. So, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to bet against it, Dan. I think they're going to show him dying at the end of next week's episode, but... I love you. I love your hot take. I love it. And and either way, we're hedging our bets that one of us is right. That means the filibuster freestyle. Why Wall and Dragons has a hundred percent chance of being right on what's going to happen to Jamie next. <laughs> Cindy, you want to break the tie? You think he dies in the water or no? Um, no, I think he's still. I they, he comes back. Okay. He comes back. Okay, two to one majority. Um, let's move around a little bit. The Iron Bank representative. Say one thing about last week's episode. Sure, yeah. yeah. As we get into this one, um, you had a, I guess some would call it a hot take. <laughs> that what if the Night's King is a, as the hero? Not the hero, he's, he's the prince that's promised. He's the prince that promised. And that is also the exact same theory that a doomsday prepper would have. It's like, hey, what if, what if this evil virus that kills, uh, you know, nine-tenths of the population is actually good for, for us and, and is cures, you know, cures the world and takes care of all, all the bad people. Yeah. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous premise to think that the Night's King could be not necessarily good, but the prince that is promised. No, that's crazy. That's well, crazy. I, I mean, I hope so. I was trying to cover all bases because, frankly, sometimes the show or George R. R. Martin in, in, in the books gets a little too cute and a little too, like, they zig when they you think they're going to zag, and I was kind of hoping to like almost unjinx, like reverse the jinx, right. or jinx against it. Because I, if if that's like the what threw me, what what made me go down that trail of Melisandre, the Red Priestess said, "Oh, I have to come back and die in this crummy continent." Like, mm-hmm. which means right. like, what's up her sleeve, and is it some kind of like, gotcha? I don't know. Well, but I, I'm glad gonna... you think it's stupid. I hope I hope I hope I'm deadly wrong. Um, I hope well, I'm wrong. All, I have to tell you, you are, and Cindy. Yeah. You called him out right, right away for that. That was ridiculous. <laughs> fair, very fair. <laughs> well, I love it. Are you guys overall very satisfied with the dragons' performance tonight? Can we get a little bit of, of, a, of a analysis on the dragons' performance tonight? Go ahead, Dan. Cindy, build that question. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that was great. It was. Uh, it's exactly what we've known that they were going to do and just never knowing quite when that was going to happen. Yeah. And I wish – it's interesting she just brought one. So well, I think she can't control 
the other all two as well. Like, like they could they could all come to her aid, but they can't do a tactical military strike. That's why, like in the in the quote unquote lore, mm. the Targaryens all had their own dragon, and so they would all like connect or like ward wow. whatever with a dragon. Who else could possibly control a dragon? Well, Johann Sebastian Snow, for anyone. That might be part Targaryen, and there actually might be a dragon named after his dad, Rhaegar. Correct. Oh. Correct. Tyrion as well. No, well, that, that's still allegedly. That's more Correct. Allegedly. But no, Jon Snow's going to fly a dragon. We covered that last week. That's going to happen. Um, By the way, and again, not to jump around, now we're talking about Jon Snow and dragons and Danny. This is the first time in my decades on Earth that I've been watching a show when I was rooting for incest. <laughs> <laughs> when they were in the dragon I mean, the chemistry was powerful. Well, at one point I said out loud, I'm like, are they going to make out? Yeah. Right? There was yeah. an open question. <laughs> yeah. Are they? I think they're going to. And if they do, I'm fine. I'm well, okay. Well, first of all, the show has already gotten us ready with so much worse, like closer to the twin sister and brother incest yeah. for seven seasons on and off. So like she's, I think his like aunt or it's like second cousin or half sister at best. So it's at least 50% less bad on the incest scale. And if they're going to save the realm and, you know, make a couple little baby dragons in the process, then you know what? So be it. Now I'm not saying it's cool, but I'm saying I understand. So what if one of the dragons is cross-eyed? You know, what are we going to do? <laughs> right. Or like recessive. You love it anyways. What if one of the dragons has like red hair and, you know, like he left-handed. <laughs> recessive genes. It's fine. They're both good-hearted people. They want the best for the realm, both the two of them. They're both handsome and great-looking, you know? How bad are you two kids? Yeah. Wow. I can't believe I'm advocating. I mean, two weeks ago, you couldn't have been harder against any kind of incest, and I and I was with you, and I'm not against you now. I'm, I think we're all evolving on this on this topic in the world of Westeros. <laughs> now, what I will say is to people on human on humans on planet Earth, we are not advocating any of that for you people. Oh, staunchly. I've exactly. I just want to be on the record there. Cindy, you on the record? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's illegal for one. <laughs> it's illegal for one in 59 <laughs> states, maybe 49. Maybe 50. I don't know. <laughs> and twice in Guam. Twice in Guam. <laughs> Definitely not allowed in Guam either. All right. What do we make of – here's one that's kind of like not in order, but Littlefinger. Do you think the arrival of Bran as the Three-Eyed Raven, kind of the Bran shell, <laughs> and then the arrival of Arya – and we'll get into both of those a little bit more in a bit. But do you think Br- Littlefinger is like, man, manipulating Sansa Stark and seducing her just got a zillion percent harder? That's what I'm talking about. Like, I, Littlefinger has no friends in Winterfell right now. He got to go home. Really, like, yeah, he has to get out of there because Sansa is not buying his BS. She's already been double crossed with him a couple times, and she she knows his his game. Yep. Uh, Bran is the three eyed Raven, and I saw like little, when that that scene where Littlefinger's trying to like Be buddy give him the death. Stuff. Like, this guy can like see the future and the past. He knows your BS. He can see right through it. And then when you put in, when you add Arya to the situation, Arya knows his background, and Arya can read people like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And isn't is Littlefinger on her list? I checked that out. I checked that out in between podcasts, and he is not on her <laughs> list. He's not on her list officially. However, uh, she saw him at Harrenhal when Tywin Lannister was holding court there, and she was his serving boy, even though she was a girl. Oh yeah. And he did not say anything about her being who she was. And it's unclear whether the eye contact they made was a knowing glance or kind of like a, I think you look familiar glance. So I think we're going to see more, but he's not been on her list to answer your question in a long form way. 
All right, so he's not on our list, but she knows his game. Oh, yeah. And can read. So, like, the entire Stark family is that is at Winterfell right now is kind of anti-Littlefinger. Yeah. It's going to be really... Go ahead, sorry. Or at least not falling for his, his BS. He's going to have to redouble his BS efforts if he wants any... Any dastardly chance to do what he wanted to do. It just got ten, ten times harder, at least. All right. Good. I, I'm happy about that. I am, too. Now, what did you make of... Okay, so one, Bran said chaos is a ladder to Littlefinger. And I forget who he said that to in season one or two, but basically, it might have been Catelyn Stark, actually. And basically, Bran's like, I'm going to quote a quote of yours from, like, hundreds of miles away from here with my dead mother when I was nowhere to be found. How's that for right. a mind F, Mr. Littlefinger? Oh, it was fantastic. I loved it. And also, did we ever really officially find out who did sanction Bran, the, the person to come in and try to kill Bran? I think we're about to find out that it was probably Littlefinger. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's also, all signs pointed to that, and I thought we were going to get that. Maybe, that. maybe that'll be next. I think they're teasing that. Cindy, you got a little hot take for us here? Or, uh, yeah. Info, hot info off the presses, off the Google wire? It looks like... Yeah. It looks like Littlefinger said chaos is a ladder to Varys at one point. Because those two guys, as we all have conceded, those two guys have, have outkicked their coverage based on who they were when they started. Uh, so his name is his, – his biggest co-conspirator slash conspirator de jour of the world, he said that line to that guy, which means for Bran to regurgitate that line to him, I have to freak him to F out. And good because both yeah. Littlefinger and Varys are – you know, we root for Varys a little more, I think. We do. Uh, we do. We're on team team Varys. Yeah. Littlefinger seems more self-serving, and I think it's always, for Varys's misdeeds or back backroom deals have always been more towards the greater good of the realm. Yeah. Varys is more of a, right. um, got to break a couple eggs to make an omelet guy, <laughs> and Littlefinger's yeah. putting poison in your omelet. Exactly. So, like, I, I root for Varys a little more, even though they're both pretty terrible people, I think. Yeah. But they're both not in great positions right now. No, you know, not at neither. all. Not at all. Um, just really quickly, we may or may not have seen the last of Mira Reed, who basically helped save Bran's life, only to find out that Bran is no longer Bran, basically, in a very express version of him becoming the Three-Eyed Raven. Quick question for you two guys. Do we think we see Mira Reed one more time, or is Mira just gone? I think she's gone. screen for the last couple seasons so I mean if this is her send off and she goes back to her dad Howlin' Reed and who really barely, barely was in the show except in flashbacks yeah yeah good well so here's here's the one go ahead sorry it's a nice exit for it her. is a nice exit here's the one thing though and, and this is actually goes to when Jon Snow found those cave drawings which we'll get into but the first men and the children had banded together now, the way – again, this is kind of more in the books, but the reeds are from the, um, the, bog, the bog, the Kranich men. They're basically from a bog. And the reeds are kind of like humans who are descendants of the children more than anybody else. Like they were like – they may have even been like cross-pollinated first men, children, like offspring. Oh. So my thought would be that if John and Danny eventually have to get the children involved to defeat the White Walkers – I bet that's the only chance we see the reeds again because they do have an in with the children in the books. But are there any more children left after? 
Well, the the little the little beastie that helped John, uh, sorry, Bran up at the tree, that little weird lady that was like a, like a, a jellical cat from the musical Cats, but not. She, I believe, was one of the children. Yeah, but aren't they all? Didn't they all die in the? Uh... I mean, there's probably children hiding in Cindy's cabinets right now, for all we know. <laughs> They're a magical creature. Cindy, can you check the cabinets real quick? I'm freaking out. I just might. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, Mira, assuming you're done, tip of the cap. Thanks for getting Bran through through the the, the Badlands, man. Thanks for getting him through the north the northern lands. Thank you so much. And you know that's more than Bran said to her, but you know he's not fun in scenes of acting anymore. So and then yeah, and then she said he died in that cave. Yeah, I mean Bran Stark's dead. Three Eyed Raven is in his body. It's all good. Uh, Doug, Doug. May I say real quick how difficult it was for me to explain to my wife without pausing the episode because I know we have to have a podcast right afterwards. Yeah. To explain to my wife while the episode's going on the background of the Three-Eyed Raven, the First Men, the... Andals. Exactly. All that together. It's not easy. It's it's not easy at all. And, uh, and Dara's only response was about Bran. That guy's a weirdo. I mean, she's... She's not wrong, especially since she's basically seen five episodes in a seven-season show, and two of them she turned off because they involved either incest or bloody gory murder or beheadings. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that she's making through these, I guess. Um, Doug Brown, hot take of the night is that Bran looks like <laughs> Sam the Eagle, the Muppet, with his nose. The Just blue guy. The b- basically, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Doug got that from, but I, it's in my notes, and he's gone, so I wanted to get it in. You know, because Doug watched the show with us tonight, and. I, I love it. I just love that that was where his brain went. <laughs> I love it just because uh, any reference to Sam the Eagle from the Muppets is fantastic. Exactly. Agreed. No one's doing that. No one's doing that on Watch the Thrones right now, okay? Sorry, The Ringer. We got copyrighted Never. Sam the Eagle. Never heard of Never. it. What you're talking about. Dan, what did you make of the Iron Bank visit with Cersei? Um, obviously, the girl... Oh. My only take of that entire thing is that the representative from the Iron Bank is Mycroft, who is Sherlock Holmes's brother on the BBC series Sherlock. Uh, all I'm seeing is Mycroft the entire time. Mycroft Holmes. So uh, ruined, it, ruined it for you. Yeah, so they've officially gotten every European actor to play a different part in Game of Thrones over the past seven seasons. Yeah, I could imagine all the European actors' agents are just on Benny Hoff's phone every day being like, my guy was in Sherlock. <laughs> Give him a roll. Give him a roll from the Iron Bank. Supporting role in the Sherlock Holmes series, he was like the creator and the writer. Oh wow! Oh. Fun, yeah. fact. fun fact, hot takes, fun facts. Oh, the guy's no joke, and he's also running the Iron Bank, so he's very powerful. Yeah, he's got a he's got a very uh, his uh, his portfolio is robust right now. Let's put it that way. Um, what do we make of the incredibly terrible security guard detail at the front of Winterfell? I mean, one. surprise people all day yeah like it fantastic it's six years coming like we've really been watching the show for so many years and watching her go through like we, we've talked about before the training montage yeah and i could go for a spinoff of her like surprising people because she's only five feet and she's a little girl and she's got a tiny sword and watching her just absolutely 
clown people all day. I think it would be fantastic. It, it could have been a full 60-minute episode of just that. Aria clowning people at, at Winterfell. Speaking, uh-huh. speaking of that, how about, yeah. you know, she, she obviously had a bunch of first, or not first meetings, but first time seeing you in a while. She about three. She saw her brother, Bran, who she thought was dead. She saw Sansa, who obviously they had a very prickly ending, you know, six seasons ago, you know, a, a parting. Um, right. You know, and those were long stories, as they both said. But then she got to do a little, like, uh, American Ninja Warrior, new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles practice with Brienne of Tarth. She learned a lot at the House of White and Black. I mean, she really got that PhD, play a hating degree. Well, don't don't uh, don't under undersell what Serio, the uh, the Bravosi swordsman, told, taught her in season one. Like she really, like she's learned a lot. It's a it's a lot of le- levels and layers to it. But she's no joke, and I love like and if, Brienne. Remember, she beat the Hound. She yes. beat Jane Bannister yes. in the battle. Or at least one hand, he, one hand of Jamie Warren. But Phil, whatever, Ken. No, I'm just you know, but so, so someone's going to call us out and be like, "You only have one hand." True story. But he acquitted himself pretty yeah. nicely against the Dothraki with one hand tonight. So he's still a very good swordsman, anyway. And in the books, she won one of the joust tournament the, things. Yeah, the big. Yeah, she beat she beat everybody in one. So that's how she got. So she is one of the best swords people in the whole land. And you have Arya Stark. All five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, with her tiny little her needle sword. Needle, yeah. Going toe to toe with her, um, and so that I think that's fantastic. That also leads me to believe, and this goes to two weeks ago when I was talking. I am a, a negative Nancy when it comes to Game of Thrones, and anytime somebody gets too high on their horse, I start to get nervous. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I. There's, it's not going to be a great end for Arya. There's, she's going to be a sh- one of those shocking deaths in the next couple of episodes, or maybe next, maybe next season. But it ain't going to end good. All right. So Cindy Harrington's nodding in approval. What you agree with that? Well, I said that last week. I said I'm, wor- I'm worried for her. I just like have a weird feeling. I, I don't exactly know where her storyline is going, and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. I think, I think something. Mm, something's going to catch her off guard and I'm worried about it. Okay. My only, and I don't, I'm never going to go against Game of Thrones. I mean, they definitely have a formula of getting you very comfortable with someone's fortunes and then ripping them apart. So I, far be it for me to go against you guys. But what I would say is Bran gave her that Valyrian steel, the dagger that was meant to kill him, which right. he's either doing because he knows she's going to need it against a White Walker probably or he knows it's Jinx and he wants it nowhere near him. And if it's Jinx and he wants it nowhere near him, not that he tried to screw her over on purpose, but that's bad news. Um, no, because there's only a handful of people in the entire realm. Hates saying the word realm sounds so nerdy. But, but it's real. Uh, yeah, I get uh, the whole realm. Uh, as a, I sound like a dungeon You're master. playing some Dungeons and Dragons right now. It's okay. Uh, listen, I'm not going to say I don't like it, but uh, I, don't, I don't like it publicly. And, okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> So, him giving the he, there's only a handful of people in the whole realm that know Valerian still kills the White Walkers, you know. So yeah. there's, you know, the 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 people at the wall, and there's Jon Snow and whatever. Um, but Bran definitely knows. He knows, and he knows that I think Arya is going to need it at, in some respect somehow. Right. And maybe that goes down. Yeah. See, I, okay. What was that? Sorry, Dan. Hey, I'm okay with that too. If that's how she goes down, and it's not like 
Cersei killing her. But if she goes down like heroically against the White Walkers, I'd take that. Yeah, see, I can see her getting overwhelmed uh, against the White Walkers because there's just so many of them. They're coming like a, a raging sea. And she's cutting them down as best she can, but, you know, she can only do so much. That's a hot take that I could live with, too. It would be horrific, but, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But, but, of course, heroic. She's also a real hugger. She really likes seeing her family. Good for her. A little softer side of Arya this week. Um, for sure. Yeah, there, there, uh, like you mentioned earlier, there was a, it was nothing but people coming together, long-lost meetings, all the all, entire episode. It was all the Starks coming together, which would have taken six seasons before, and it all happened today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm coming back with Jon Snow. Which was interesting. Yeah, let's go there for a minute. Because I think the last Jon Snow knew, he knew that Theon killed his two little brothers, his little half-brothers in his mind. And then obviously he doesn't know Bran's alive still to my knowledge. Um, he does know that Rickon didn't get killed by Theon because Rickon got killed by Ramsay later, you know, last year in the Battle of the B-Words. And uh, he basically was like, if it wasn't for what you did, did for my sister that one time when you showed an ounce of half heroicism after years of being a complete dink and or a-hole, uh, I would kill you myself right now on this beach, basically. So that was a hell of – poor Theon. He's like, oh, man, I've escaped my uncle. I have gotten pulled out of the ocean. I'm going to go back to Danny and do my old A-kissing magic. And then Jon Snow is there to greet him and be like, dude – Pretty much want to slit your throat right now. Just saying. I, I think that's everybody in the again realm. Is a, <laughs> Dirty word realm. It is at best neutral at Theon or completely negative. That's a tough place to be. What you know, do you make? Nobody, what do you make of nobody's the, broke, yeah. yeah, yeah. No one's going to vote him as, as class president. I will say that. Um, Cindy, why don't you break down the? I don't even know what your thoughts are, but I was sitting next to you. So Jon Snow is like, hey, Danny, I've got a mind full of dragon glass. It's all under here. I want to show it to you. And then, of course, it's – and here's some paint, some cave paintings, and here's some more relevant ones, and here's some more relevant ones, and here's the White Walkers with blue eyes. Cindy, what – can you speak to the preservation of that cave's artwork? <laughs> I mean the preservation itself was quite impressive. Pristine. Pristine, and I mean, it looks like they get some tides in and out of there. So, I mean, I don't know what means they use to to make those pictures, but good for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it was it was good. It helped put a lot of pieces together, I think, and certainly. But it's like almost very handily made Jon Snow's argument. It kind of was just very convenient, and it's like, oh, and here's more, and oh, and here's my final point, which is proven right here on this wall. If so you go to the, the last slide in the PowerPoint deck, <laughs> that's the Night's King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and to your point, as two people like yourselves from Massachusetts, you are people who are familiar with the sea and the ravages of the Atlantic Ocean and salt water. So you, can, you know that, uh, you know, when you're going into a cave that is – flooded by salt water or right next to it, these paintings are not going to be necessarily as pristine as they were presented to us tonight. And I will believe in dragons, but I will not believe in cave paintings that have not been ravaged by <laughs> I can't say any better than that. Thank you. That's actually exactly the point that needed to be made there. Great take. Um, Great take. How about this question? Your, your wife, who is 
getting all of her knowledge about all previous things through you. Did that little mural exercise help her understand some things, or does that make it even harder? No, that was when I started planting the seeds of the that like I whenever the first men were brought up. Yeah, and the where. I mean, explaining a werewood tree while in live time during the episode is very difficult because, quite honestly, I've read the books, I've seen the episodes, I've listened to you know the hundreds of hours of whatever podcasts, and I still can't necessarily explain in in any uh, you know fluency what a werewood tree or the first man. You know, I get it, but it's tough to recreate. I kind of get it, actually. I'm not, I'm not going to say I get it. So she has a – she kind of gets it enough as much as someone who has seen four out of <laughs> 70 could. Yeah, four out of 70. Yeah, low, low batting average, but she's seen some key ones. Um, she gets, yeah. All right. Let me ask you guys this question, which is on a scale of 1 to 10, how far above 10 is Davos's crush on Misandra, the translator? <laughs> A thousand? Oh, I love them both, and I hope they both last. That's all, I, I, you know. Davos really is still alive, Dan. Are you excited about that? Super, super pumped. But I still am positive at the end of the last episode of next season, he will not be alive, and that saddens me just to think about that. And yeah. it's not. I don't know, right? Like he's just a good dude. I kind of feel like Missandra might put the pieces together of Jon Snow's heritage, mm. which was part of that conversation that they were having tonight. Right. Because she kind of knows a lot about the history, and she's the one that brought up about um, the ambiguity between, like, the prince or princess, you know. Right, or, prince or princess, or if in this case, there's no mother or father, like, or there's no husbands and wives on Nath, or Narth, excuse me. Right. Good point, Sandy. Continue. Uh, yeah, I just I think she might kind of bring that up again. You know, I think that was maybe setting it up so that she might be the one to reveal that. Mm. And obviously, if she and Davos are working as a team, because I mean, again, he's got a big old crush. Big old crush, and when, well, he should. I mean, she's a very, very attractive translator. She's beautiful. And the entire the entire Danny Targaryen, Jon Snow camps, the two of them. When the episode started, we're still sort of very divided. By the end of the episode, she's asking him for what should advice. I do? Right. Yeah, they got real tight by the end of this episode. Yeah, that that cave really helped. That convenient cave. There was some tension. A little tension there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You get, nothing like a little cave walk, some murals, a couple laughs, some dragon glass. The romance just flows, man. Um, was that? <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me add that's great. That's a good point. Um, oh man, I just had it. Sorry. Um, well, really quickly, here's just another thing. Who lights all of the torches in the crypt in Winterfell? Because that's a full time job. No, especially when you go back to last episode where uh, uh, Siri. Uh, so, well, they 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 light the torches every couple hours. You know. Because remember they said, like, make sure somebody lights the torches every couple hours because uh, Martell's wife, those people, they were, the one chick was going to die. Don't ask me names. I don't know names. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course. That's but, true. like, it's not something that these, these torches don't last for two days. You know, they, they have to come down every – Two, three hours, times. right? Yeah. Six, it's like walking a dog. you got to walk it, like, five times a day, you know? But when you think that Winterfell is the king of the north, you have a lot of people maintaining this place. It's, you know – 
Definitely. You know, you know, all the people that helped out in the Beauty of the Beast mansion, and this is much bigger than that. Like, there's the candelabra, and they had the kitchen cup, the little cup, teacups. Right. Yeah, you know, just in, in a fake little tiny mansion. We're talking about Winterfell, which is the, the seat of the home of the North, so... I'm just saying, whoever the candle lighter is in the crypt, kudos to you, sir, or, or madame. I mean, good work, right? Well played. One one thing I just wanted to mention that was strange was, why is everybody telling Danny not to use her dragons? Um, like, her half of her, or like, most of her sea fleet has been t- destroyed. Yeah. And army's been taken, like, down in the south, and all this stuff is happening, and they keep imploring her not to use dragons because it would be mean right people would die and you're like i don't what i don't understand that why what is the uh, well i think what they're trying to do is is it seems like the rep of the targaryens is that they the mad king is the last targaryen the westerosi know and the Mad King burned everybody alive and didn't give any regard to human life other than just to get out of my way and do my thing and what they're trying to do is say, don't be like your dad if you want to take it. And I'll get back to the practicality in a minute. But number two, um, they see her starting to slip. And you mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Dan. They see her starting to slip closer and closer into a pyromaniac. Yeah. And so I think they're trying to check her aggression of, yeah, you could burn everybody to the ground. But, like, maybe you shouldn't do that. And anyway, but to your point, from a purely military outlook, okay, she's out of – she's. You know, her best soldiers are in Casterly Rock thousands of miles away. Her navy's destroyed, to your point. She's right. got Dothraki and she's got dragons. And she's going to run out of chances to use them if she doesn't do something. So today she did something. Now, and against the army, so no innocence, you know, quote unquote. Yes, and what she did was she destroyed the harvest that then allows Tyrion's plan to get back into action, which is there's no food being brought back to the Red Keep and to the city of, of King's Landing to feed the right. people. So now, in theory, they can starve them out again, which, by the way, starving out your people, Tyrion, not nice either, just less visibly, you know, visibly uh, destructive. Yeah. yeah. Still pretty mean, yeah. Uh, I, I corrected, and I understand your point, and I, uh, I agree with you. But I do think that to, all of us were like, dude, she's got to use her dragons. And so let me ask you this. Were you shocked with the answer when Jon Snow said, you know, Theon said, where's the queen? And he's like, she's, like, she's gone. I mean, you knew she was going to use those dragons, right? When she was gone, I knew she was going to be riding the dragon. Yeah. I, I soon, and which was fantastic. and It was so great to see. And we've already covered it, so I don't want to go over it too much. But it was it was great to see. That finally in action, and not only in action, but in action for like 12, 15 minutes. Minutes, minutes on yeah. minutes, right. Yeah. What do you guys, um, I don't know, what do you make of, who? who's, so is it, does that dragon die or that dragon gets nerfed back to health? I mean, are we going to lose a dragon? Where are you guys on that? Not yet. We will lose dragons, but not, not yet and not on that one. Not on that arrow, but I think uh, it's, it would have been weird if we lost a dragon right now, I think, right? Yeah, because he would have had to lose Daenerys, too. No, that would have been crazy. Right. I, that, that's I, not, it's not time for that yet. Right. It crossed my mind for a second that, oh, my God, is she going to die in this episode? And then this series is really weird. Um, but I didn't hate it, but it would have been weird. Yeah. We I tell you what, we would, be, we, we would have been talking about that this entire time if that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys catch uh, 
uh, I mean, uh, not that we're finished with the episode, but did you guys catch it a couple minutes after where they showed all the characters, like the real life people that play the characters? Yes. Bunch of Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, it was really disturbing to see them in real life. Uh, specifically, the guy that played Bran a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and really, the guy that played Varys with a full head of hair. Yeah. That flat out creepy. Yeah, they should. What do they shave him down for the character? What it do? Like, I think he's wearing like a bathing cap. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's a, it's a cousin. Yeah, it's it's a Uncle Fester bald wig. That yeah, he wears. Uh, and it's not comfortable because he's got a, a luscious giant kind of silver hair. Apparently, in real life, yeah, <laughs> like what? A, Who knew? It's a great head of hair. I mean, poor guy doesn't get to showcase his wares. Man, he's like a sixty-year-old guy with an awesome head of hair. And if I could suggest one thing to the viewers, it's, hey, go down that rabbit hole and find out what all these people will look like in real life. And not just, like, the main characters, the side characters, like Barry's. And, and well, we all know what Littlefinger looks like. He's creepy. But, uh, you know. Yeah, he was the mayor uh, of Baltimore, Tommy Cocchetti. Exactly. <laughs> For the Wire Cocchetti. fans out there. Oh, yeah. Cindy, you watch The Wire? No. Never watched it. That's one you should get in on late. It's I know. It's kind of decent. It's kind of decent. Hey, maybe you guys should do a podcast with The Wire. Ten years later? Twelve years removed from the episode. Do episode to episode. So you want us to do a binge mode to, to copyright Ringer uh, of the Wire? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's a lovely series. Everybody, everybody enjoys it. Right, not, not a bad idea. Okay, That's true. Valerian Steel. We've got a ton of Dragon Glass. Dan, you missed this part last week. I want your take on this, and then if you've got anything else, we can get to it. But. Is John going to be able to get all that crap back up to Winterfell? Because that's where it needs to go. Well, it seems like a big waste of time if he can't. I have to imagine he'd get up there somehow. As she said, Danny said she'd give him whatever help he needs to do it. So. Oh, that's the question I wanted to ask. Thank you. You led me back to where I wanted to go a few minutes ago, and then we got sidetracked. No problem. No problem. That's, why that's why you do this most weeks. Um, and you're sharp after a week in Nantucket. So, uh, yeah. so Danny said, listen, guy, I will fight for you. But you gotta bend that that bloody knee, which I believe Amelia Clark actually used on her Instagram today. Did he bend the knee in private? Is he gonna yeah, bend? Yeah, that's a good question. I forgot Is, about was that. the knee bent? I mean, he was still there. He was chilling. She was asking him for advice on the way out of the cave. Was the knee bent off screen? Good question. No, because who does it benefit if they bend the knee and nobody sees it? Correct. When he okay. bent the knee. He'll bend it in front of people. He will. I think he will. I he think they're gonna get married instead. I was going to say, oh boy. they'll just incessantly marry, and I'll be totally fine with it if they do. Bring it full circle. I love it. I love it. Uh, Dan, any other uh, main points that we missed, things you're looking forward to that need to get covered this week? Seems for the next didn't give us much, by the way. I'm really excited for next week's scene where it, it seems we're going back to the White Walkers and the Army of the Undead coming up against the wall. That seems really exciting, and I, I can't wait to explore that and get into that deeply, hopefully. I'm pretty sure that the wall – not the wall, but the um, the Wildlings, as you prophesized, and probably the, 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 uh, you know, the, the Crows, the, the guys, the Night's Watchmen – I think they're all not going to make it out of the next two weeks. They're, I think all of them are done. The the next episode said that the, you know it referenced that like the the army of the undead was coming up on Eastwatch, and Eastwatch was the tower that the wildlings were supposed to to man. 
themselves. Uh, and that's also the way that I think the Hound and Beric Dundarian are They're going. They're heading that way too, yeah. Um, so I think there's going to be a nice little conversation. You might see that final, that, that one shot where Dundarian takes out his flaming sword. Uh, to fight. I think that that's about to happen next weekend. And that excites me. That excites me very much. That's a hell of a hot take right there. Cindy, anything you feel is unfinished this week? Because I think we're probably at a point where we can wrap it up and get ready for week five. But I'm just getting started, Gavin. I don't know what you're talking about. If you got hot takes, we want to hear them. <laughs> I love it. No, Cindy, go ahead. Oh. Um, you know, I'm interested to see where Jorah comes back into the mix. Yes. yes. He's clearly traveling right now. Um, yeah, get a travel week. Travel week. Travel for week for him. So, uh, and also what what Sam's up to with copying those scrolls. That's true. Sam's my boy. So I want to see. You know, hopefully they'll get back into the mix next week and see what happens. Yeah, and I loved your take last week, Gavin, when you said that Sam is like George R. R. Martin inserting himself into the books. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that seems very probable. Once. And he, he, I, I co-sign on you with you, Cindy, saying that Sam is fantastic and we love him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's the best. He's just, he's, he's best. just sweet. Uh, yeah. Sam just <laughs> waits to work miracles every season, season and a half. Like that's his deal, and he's a nice guy in between. Heart of gold. He's the feel-good story. Yeah, feel-good story of the oh. year. He's like the number sixteen seed, winning, going to the Sweet Sixteen. Like he's, he's doing the improbable, making it look possible, and he's doing it. He's the bar- of Game of Thrones. He's just at every big in- event. He just does all sorts of, you know, he's at the, you know, at Vietnam War. He's at the Chinese ping pong summit with the, with Nixon. He's you know, meeting, he's killing White Walkers. He's curing great scale. He's doing all sorts of stuff. He's the everyman. He's the Forrest Gump of <laughs> Game of Thrones. That's well said, my friend. Yeah. That's really well said. All right, who, get, who gets it next, guys? I think Littlefinger's an obvious choice, maybe too obvious. I think Arya was a great call by you, Dan, that it looks so good for her right now. It could go really wrong. Uh, I think – I hate to say I think Davos is safe for the moment, but I think Davos is safe for the moment, which means he's probably going to die for a scene next week. You guys both think Jamie's alive, so we're going to take him off the table. Who's first to go? Guys, I got to say a Stark. I think there's too many Stark – like I said, there's too many Greyjoys on the board. Last year, a lot of or last week, oh there's a lot of Starks on the board right now, and it ain't good for one of them. And I guess Arya. I'm uh, going. Okay, go ahead. I think maybe Grey Worm. I think he's gonna go soon. Oh, Grey Worm's Grey Worm's not coming back from Castle Rock. I don't think. No, they're not gonna. He, he and what's her name are not gonna spark start a, a life together. Well, but, I, I, yeah. Particularly because they brought him up tonight with, with in the girl talk. By the way, that was the other thing I missed. The, how about the real housewives of Dragonstone? A little girl talk, a little gossip, some rosé? Whoa, Cindy, that must have made you feel like you're watching Bravo. Felt like home. Did Dara like that part? Oh, she loved it. Okay, really good. Just chat with Miguel, pal. <laughs> Another glass of wine, dear? Arya's going to dive in. Maybe not. I think I, I'm with you, Cindy. Maybe Grey, Grey Worm's probably next yeah. on the chopping block. I think so. Gav, what's your thought? I, all right. Well, I still feel like we're going to – oh, man. All right. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna punt and say that I still think Jamie's not going to make it, but then I'm going to reverse that and say 
They're going to fish him out of the water and he's going to be held prisoner. And then Cersei is going to make a choice about Jamie living or not. And Jamie's still going to die first, but Cersei's, Cersei's going to do it. You think Cersei's going to kill Jamie? Cersei's. I think they're going to fish Jamie out of that body of water, proving the two of you right versus me. I'm hedging my bets. He's going to be Tyrion's prisoner and Danny's prisoner. They're going to say, hey, your lover slash brother slash the Lord of Castle Rock is our prisoner. Let's barter. And she's going to be like, I don't give a crap. Kill him. And I think that is when my man Jamie can still become the hero of the story somehow. I think it can still happen. If you look back at most of his decisions outside of scene one, episode one, season one, <laughs> where he was caught making sweet, sweet, passionate decisions with his sister. Yeah. Sister, <laughs> they kicked a little boy out of a window. Outside of that scene, he's actually been a pretty consistent guy. Outside of a couple other things. Yeah, I mean, he's got to make tough choices. He's, you know, he's still got a, t- you know, he's got a big time job. He's got to make tough choices. But they've set him up to be an actual uh, potential hero. And he really did avoid death like four times tonight by dragon fire. So, like, I, anyway, I, I don't know if Jamie's going to die or not, but I feel like there's going to be a, the rift between him and Cersei is about to happen. So maybe the death of their love is my choice in a very long, winding way. Either way, it'll be fun to watch. Very fun to watch. All right. Anything else, guys? Are we good to go? I think that's it. All right. Well, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find all this. Find us on Facebook. Find us on the Twitter on the Twitters. At Gavin Viano. Dan is not one his published. I don't know if Cindy does either. So we'll just go with mine. I'll get the message <laughs> to them. No big deal, everybody. Wine Wall and Dragons. We're, we're more than halfway through the season now, guys. Unbelievable that we're already – it's a short season. Dan, welcome back to the mainland. Uh, good luck at work tomorrow. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back, and I can't wait to return to the working world tomorrow. You can imagine how excited. <laughs> yes, being somebody who recently did that after two weeks off, it felt fantastic. Uh, Cindy, good <laughs> to have you on two weeks in a row. Thanks. Good to be here. And, uh, you know, thanks for hosting the watch party with Dougie Brown and myself tonight here in Boston. My good pleasure. Times. All right, guys. Dan, stick around for a couple minutes. We'll catch up, and we are out of here. <laughs>